Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm your host, Professor Natalie Harpin. So I know that this, what I'm about to talk about for today's podcast, came out a few weeks ago. And it's okay. Like sometimes I'm late because like late to the the pop culture stuff because you know, I have my job and I have things with my family. So I was thinking about this. And since I finally came up with enough thoughts that I wanted to share, I decided to make a podcast about it. So today I wanted to talk about what has been dubbed the clean girl aesthetic and talk about some of the reasons why, you know, that it's problematic in addition to it's just blatant (laughs) rebranding and the history of the look. So co-opting and stealing from other cultures is a very American thing to do. And it is a very colonialist, imperialist, quote unquote, Western thing to do. And I've in the past, of course, called it caricaturing. In this case, I don't think that it's necessarily caricaturing, but it definitely is cultural appropriation. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So what is now being rebranded as the clean girl aesthetic? You may have seen some of it recently because there's been this trend. And I guess I don't know who's in charge of these things. Of course, none of us know, right? It's like fog. We don't know who's in control of, you know, who gets, we don't know who's in control of naming a celebrity the leader of some trend that has already been done, but is being rebranded for a new racial group or a cultural group or whatever. But you probably heard about this brownie glazed lip thing. So if you're not familiar, a brownie glazed lip, well, what they're calling it now is just taking like a brown lip liner and then using clear gloss So that's, I don't even know what we called it 15 years ago or even longer because it's been around for much longer than I've been alive. But the point is, is that um, black and Latinx ethnic women have been doing that trend forever for a very, very, very long time. And I would guess probably back, I mean, since the post-World War II era, but I'm not a beauty historian. That would be kind of fun, right? I'm not a beauty historian, so I don't exactly know how far it goes back. But the point is, is that it's been done by brown and black women for decades. And I don't know what it was called. Like, you know, sometimes that's the thing with even with history, right? Like things happen and then it's called something later on. And you're like, oh, well, what did we call it before? We didn't have like a name for it because we were just living. And what I do want to say is having grown up black (laughs) and having lived around many brown people for, you know, um, especially since high school, I would say that a lot for a lot of us, especially those of us who use makeup and cosmetics, it has always been very difficult to find products that matched our skin tones, that matched our undertones. And some of you may know that only up until recently, like within the last six years, has it even been possible for us to go into a beauty store and find a foundation or a concealer match that was, you know, relatively spot on. And I'm not going to shout out any personal brands because I don't, you know, 
I'm not getting sponsored to do that, but you all know what I'm talking about if you use cosmetics. And some of you who don't use some of the darker range colors may not have ever paid attention to this, but generally speaking, there was about, you know, eight to 10 shades of beige and then like a light brown and a really dark brown, and that would be it. And it was the same thing really with like lip liners and things like that. So for a lot of brown and black women, we had to use lip liners where we could and then use clear gloss because they didn't make gloss that would have been considered nude for darker skin tone. So that was like our way of finding something that we thought would be like a, like our shade of nude. Okay. So Haley Bieber, I guess has been branded by again, the fog, right? Who knows? has been branded as the new leader of this brownie glazed lip as it's being called. And white girls, young white women have been catalyst as the face of this new clean girl aesthetic. And the clean girl aesthetic is, for those of you who aren't aware, it is having like, you know, your hair slicked back like in a ponytail or something or like a braid or just having slicked back hair on your head and then having like, you know, gold hoops and then this like glazed lip. And again, these style aesthetics are not new. And in fact, many of us know brown and black women who've been doing that look again for decades, maybe some of your childhoods, your parents' childhoods, etc. But the point is, is that those girls never got lifted up as beautiful. They never got the, um, even now, right? They didn't get the attention of social media. And we have plenty and plenty of articles and other reference materials that specifically state and show statistical evidence that especially black, but also, um, brown women don't get the same algorithm views. Now I'm saying specifically black because people will tend to like pictures if the person is like a light brown shade, but And I've seen this with different brands too, like the pictures that have the black girls on it barely get any likes, don't really get the same engagements. And so that has an effect on black female content creators because we're not seen as marketable, right, by a lot of these big brands. So now that Hailey Bieber has been dubbed the new face of the clean girl aesthetic and the brownie girl lip because she had the thought to line her lips brown and put on clear gloss. (laughs) Um, Now that that's being done, there's a lot of conversations around, you know, not necessarily people upset that, you know, that it's being called something else because I don't know what we called it before, but it's People have been having conversations surrounding who gets the visibility for these trends. And I think part of the problem is that a lot of people who get catalyst as the new face of a trend or, you know, a trend for a new group of people, I should say, excuse me. But when they get propped up as the face of something that's seen as a trend by dominant culture, they don't take that opportunity to say, actually, I got this look from my friend so-and-so and or from this particular group of people. And I've seen them do it for a long time and I just really wanted to do it myself. That I think is the crux of why a lot of people get upset because not only does something does someone who's from outside of that community get branded the new leader of it and the creator of it, but that that person doesn't take their privilege and their microphone and say, actually, no, like these other groups of women have been doing that. I'm just now catching on to something they've been doing for a long time. And I wanted to talk about the fact that it, it even being called 
the clean girl aesthetic is problematic. And this is the part I've been thinking about the longest. Like I said, I was gathering my thoughts and like thinking, okay, well, how do I feel about this? Um, When you dub something clean girl aesthetic, to me, it implies that historically the girls who've used this look have been considered dirty. So I just want to let you sit with that for a second, because again, when you think about how brown women and black women and their style has been caricatured, mimicked, mocked, even now, right, on YouTube videos, even from the men within that group, right? There are plenty of brown and black men who dress up as brown and black women to mock us and use our beauty styles. So when you think about that, these those women are seen as backwards or ghetto or bad or not, um, you know, not the good girls, so to speak, quote unquote. And so the fact that they're calling it the clean girl aesthetic now that it's being adopted by white women is very, very, very important. And I know some of you might be thinking, oh, you're reaching, you're reaching. No, I'm not. Because historically speaking, when we have looked at communities, brown and black communities in the Pacific Islands, in Latin America, continental Africa, etc., these women have been called dirty. There are plenty of political cartoons from the turn of the 20th century and the latter part of the 19th century that corroborate what I'm saying. I've talked about a lot of those on previous podcast episodes, but the point is that those people had to be like washed clean and plenty of soap companies, plenty of hygiene proper um, companies would utilize blackface characters or would utilize um, like imagery of like primitive indigenous brown people like in Hawaii or the Philippines. And part of the marketing for the soap so to speak, like as an example, would be that, oh, it's going to wash these people clean. And then in a lot of times the person will be like light colored or white when they're done being washed in the imagery. We still see that today. Some of you may know that a few years ago there was a Chinese ad, like it was running in China and it was for a washing machine and it was a black man. And I guess he tried to kiss this girl. She closes the lid on him in the washing machine and he comes out and he's like a very, very light complected Chinese man. And so this isn't, this imagery is still used around the world. So calling it a clean girl aesthetic, not only is like cultural appropriation, like I mentioned for all those groups of people, but it implies that these new white girls doing it, that they're not, you know, the dirty brown and black girls that the look is usually associated with. And on that same note, I've heard of this term called like hot Cheetos era. I think some of the young people are calling it again, like I'm not in that generation. I haven't been teaching at the high school, teaching the college class there for quite some time, but I have heard some of this on social media and some people who are my age and a little bit older talking about, especially if they have kids and that whole thing, it's, it's rooted in the same thing. So it's this idea that these younger white girls when they have their time where they're, you know, dabbling in other people's cultures and traditionally that's going to be black culture or some type of brown culture, um, when they're copying the aesthetics, when they're listening to the music, now that's being called their hot Cheetos era. And for those of us who've grown up in California or even Southern California, maybe, I don't know how it is in other states, but hot Cheetos are associated generally with I would say brown women, but some people might say brown and black women. But the point is, is that 
it's called a, it's called a hot Cheetos era. And so again, it's an escape hatch for these young white girls to be able to express themselves through someone else's culture. And then when they're done with it, sort of just be like, again, washed clean, clean and say, Oh, well that was just my hot Cheetos era. Or I only dated that person because that they were in my hot Cheetos era, but it's the same thing. And if you think about it, we all know that like eating Cheetos or hot Cheetos makes your fingers dirty. So to me, there's like an association also with the fact that when people are dabbling in brown or black culture, specifically these women or these young women, these girls, that they're dirty, right? And then 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 they get washed clean, so to speak, when they're out of that. And that's why I also wanted to say that part about the whole clean girl aesthetic thing. Or in the case of hot Cheetos, now that they've like washed their hands, like, oh, I'm, I'm not eating my hot Cheetos anymore. Like I'm not having the hot Cheetos era. So I just wanted to make that connection real quick because I had heard about this hot Cheetos thing. And to me, it did connect with the clean girl aesthetic slash brownie glazed lip thing going on right now. And really not so much thing, but the conversation surrounding, you know, the popular culture models, um, white celebrities, young women who are being heralded as having discovered (laughs) something that many people were already doing for a long time. And one of the things, too, about this is that, of course, we understand those of us who did grow up black or brown is that, you know, when other women from outside of those communities adopt those aesthetics, they're not necessarily having to deal with even the thought of the criminalization that goes with it. Because when we know that black and brown women get policed for our makeup, we get stereotyped or judged based on our clothing, our makeup, our hairstyles. That's been going on for a very long time. I mean, it's been going through most of modern history, like women being judged on their appearance, right? But when we're talking about criminalization specifically of brown and black women, um, I think that dubbing it a clean girl aesthetic and then mass marketing it as that will absolve a lot of those younger white girls and women from having to deal with the heightened threat of being, you know, perceived as criminals for copying that aesthetic or even them not actually just thought about that. So this just came to me, but that because it's being dubbed as the clean girl aesthetic and you're only seeing like young white girls be shown in that fashion, it's sort of in a way distances them from brown and black people. And so it would mean like people might think, oh, well, they're not just a light complected ethnic person, right? They're, they are indeed white. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you may not know, but in the previous podcast, I, you know, I have the, the series I did called Words Mean Things, Diaspora, part one, two, and three. So I'm not, I think I talked about it in either two or three, but the point is, is that um, when in the colonial era, they, this sort of thing would happen too. So white women and white men would distance themselves from anything that was perceived as brown or black. And and by brown, I also mean indigenous folks. So the same thing has happened in the Jim Crow era. For example, like you didn't have like white men would never wear zoot suits or white women would never wear like a pomp hairstyle. They didn't want anyone to think that they were just a light complected ethnic person or that they were passing for white. 
Um, So they would not adopt certain aesthetics or styles, slang, clothing, hair, makeup. They would not adopt those things because they did not want to deal with the backlash that the people who did have that style would get in their society. And now that we live in a globalized society today, you know, we have the internet, you know, we all can look on our phones or our devices and see what's going on around the world, what, you know, the street culture is in any part of the world at any time, like street cultures and what people are wearing, what they're talking about, what they're protesting, anything. Um, Because we have a globalized society, it has opened up the doors for more cross-culturation, yes, which is a good thing, more knowledge and understanding and acceptance of other people's cultures. I'm not even going to use the word tolerance because I think tolerance is way overused and to tolerate something is not the same thing as appreciating it. So I'll say appreciation and acceptance of other people's cultures. But one of the downsides of that is that you have a lot of instances where people copy and borrow aesthetic, but don't give credit. And in the academic world, we know that would be like academic integrity violations, right? So not citing your sources, not using your position to say, actually, I got my information from over here. Or actually, I got, you know, if in this case, I got this style aesthetic I got inspired by these groups over here or this group over here where I saw it so this was really short I just wanted to talk about that because it was something that has come up and I know sometimes I like to just throw in like little sprinklings of pop culture so that I can sort of make a historical connection but I hope everybody has a great rest of your day or evening and I will see you on the next episode bye